Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Friday, March 31st. We are through March. This is David Gray <laughs> along with my good friend Brad Sykes. In, I'm in for Doug McCary today, and we are glad to have you with us here on the SWAT Radio program. Uh, for those of you who may be new to uh, SWAT Radio or haven't listened for a while, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we are a daily live uh, broadcast uh, going through uh, verse by verse. Uh, the Bible, uh, the last, what, year and a half, Brad? It's been the book of Acts, <clears> and uh, we are getting toward the end. We are. I was uh, look, looking ahead. We got a lot of ground to cover, though, over the next we uh, several weeks. Yep. I'm not sure. You know, we <clears throat> we usually take a break during the summer, and uh, I, I can't see how it's possible we're going to get through Acts before the end of the year, or, you know, before, before summer. Right. <clears throat> now, uh, I have known Doug to get through a passage pretty quickly but at this pace we'll be here for at least uh through 2023 <laughs> wouldn't you say um yeah it's hard well i don't know what's there four chapters left three yeah tra- three yeah. chapters left so i know he's planning to go through the middle of may may 18th i think he said <clears> was the last weekly swat bible study before we take the break for the summer so we'll see yeah. where we are uh, at the end of that but uh Anyway, it's been a great study, and uh, as always, we're we're glad to be here on Fridays, where we take a a look at the passage that Brad and Doug have have covered during the week, and Brad and I try to look at it just from a little different uh, perspective, uh, a little different structure in terms of uh, you call it Discipleship Friday, but the idea <laughs> is to look at it maybe from the standpoint of some questions. You know, what jumps out from the text? What does the text teach us about God, and what does it teach us about people? How can we live differently? The, the kind of so what question at the end. And, and maybe these questions are useful for you in your own study privately or if you're working with uh, another person and, and discipling that person or being discipled. These are good questions um, to use as a framework um, for your, your study and your accountability with each other. So, yeah, you know, David, we we talk about this a lot, especially on Fridays, but even throughout the week, as Doug and I exposit the word, is that, you know, James tells us uh, that we're not to be here merely hearers of the word, we're to be doers of it. And uh, I was sharing with a group of guys this morning at the Jacksonville Business Fellowship, and we kind of do a format similar to what you and I do on Friday mornings, where we, we take the passage of Scripture and really our our goal in doing what we do here is that the listener would hear what it looks like to make disciples uh, there there's no seminary degree that's required uh, jesus said go go make disciples as you're going make disciples be it at home at the workplace yeah. at the gym wherever that might be uh, we 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 talk about engaging in just gospel fellowship equipping in gospel truth and encourage gospel living well that's going to require us get to know each other spend some time together and uh, you know you can take the passage we're looking at today it's a a fairly lengthy passage uh, but there's really you know as we looked at this week there was only really two main points that doug taught from is god's supernatural providence and his supernatural plan Mm -hmm. now 
as you and I work through this, there may be something else that comes to the surface as we do this. The goal is that we show people, those listening, that this is duplicatable. Yeah. You, know, you can do this. Uh, again, you don't need a seminary degree to make disciples. In fact, most of us are making disciples in whatever it is we're passionate about. Right. If you're passionate about college football, <laughs> people get around you, they hear about college football. Right. You know, uh, I with eight grandkids and another one on the way, uh, listen, I'm passionate about those grandkids. You probably won't spend much time with me without <laughs> hearing about my grandkids. Right. I'm passionate about them. If we're passionate about the gospel, if we're passionate to be obedient to what Jesus told us to do, then we're going to talk about the Word of God and how how it works its way out in our life. Yep, and that's one of the great um, benefits of being in a church family, a local church family, of being in a group like SWAT. Um, and it doesn't. I'm not always. I'm going to advocate for SWAT, but I. I it can be any. Bible-based, Bible-believing group of people, you you get passionate, if you will, yeah. in in large part through other believers and yeah. through, like you said, fellowship with other believers and being around people that are passionate. Right? If you want to be passionate about college football, to your point, are you are you going to get more passionate about college football by hanging around a, a bunch of diehard hockey fans? No, probably not. And and you want to be with other people that are passionate about the same thing, and 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 certainly the same holds true here. I, and I've said this several times on the on on the program that SWAT for me, as well as you know my local church family has been, um, and other ministries have has been a a huge part of my growth, however halting it's been um, in the Word, because I, I'm around people that care about it. And that are passionate about it, and for too long I I hung around with people that that didn't care that much, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I wasn't interested, you know, in right. in hanging and being around people that that cared. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've had a bad week, um, maybe wasn't in the word as much as I should have been, and I come to SWAT or 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 be with my church family or whatever it is, and I'm completely refreshed yeah. and and turned <clears> around. <throat> You know, and of course, we know that's the spirit working through Jesus, working through the body, his mm-hmm. own body. Well, I've told you this many times. Fridays are so fulfilling to me. They're very enriching in my life. Uh, just our conversation, both on the air and off the air. Mm. Uh, Doug and I are the same way. We, we spend enough time around each other. We know We know almost everything about each other. And we can ask those hard questions, yeah. which as men, we need that. Yeah. I was, uh, in fact, this morning, the, the text I was sharing with, that I was working through with these guys this morning was out of Acts chapter 8. Remember when Philip, when the Lord told Philip, you know, to he had been in the Samaritan village and he calls him to go to this Ethiopian eunuch. Right. And uh, here's, here's what's interesting. So uh, it says... Uh, uh, hang on just a second. I'm, and by the way, I did not bring my glasses. Acts so. is in the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah. I've used that uh, line many times. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it says, uh, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Uh, this is a desert place. And he rose and went. Okay, so immediately 
uh, Philip is obedient. It says, uh, it says, and he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. Now, think about that. You got, you got an Ethiopian eunuch who is uh, guarding, basically, the queen and all her goods. <laughs> and they're out in the desert. And you and I can picture that area having been yes. there south of Jerusalem is going to be very barren. Yes. It says he was in charge of all her treasure. He had to come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot. Now, <laughs> um, he's not on a goat. He's not on a donkey. He's in a chariot and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And and the spirit says said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. And so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. Hmm. And he asked this question. Now, this is pretty bold, considering who it is. Right. Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? Hmm. And we we were talking about this this morning, that there's there's kind of a there's a, a little bit of a myth out there that God just wants you to be available. It's true. He does, but that's not all he wants. Mm -hmm. He wants you to be available, but he also wants you to be able. <laughs> right. Philip was able. Right. Philip was available, but he was able. And the importance of, of getting in the word and growing spiritually so that you can help others. I mean, there are lots of people that are around us who would say the same thing as this Ethiopian eunuch. How can I understand it unless someone explains it mm -hmm. to me? Mm -hmm. You ever sat in church, like Doug and I were talking about this week, you ever sat in church, heard a message, and just wanted to go, hey, stop for a second, I, I got a question. You ever done that? I mean, I've never done that, but right. I have felt that. Sure, sure, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I just I think there's there's such value in getting together one on one or one on two or three and getting deep and take your time. Yeah. Go through it slowly if you yeah. need to. Well, right. You you just brought up a good point. You may have wanted to raise your hand and interrupt the sermon, right? But tactfully we wouldn't do that, right? Mm -hmm. Out of respect mm -hmm. and everything, we wouldn't do that. However, that's what's so great about a study like SWAT or the, or one-on-one -on -one or a couple exactly. of people around or Sunday school or whatever it is, you can ask those questions. Yeah. You can yeah. stop. I, yeah. I have, I think I've learned, you know, obviously I do learn one-on-one -on -one or just alone in the scriptures and with a good commentary or reading a good book explaining, mm -hmm. you know, but the vast majority I'd say of my, understanding of the scriptures has come from good teachers yeah. where I could in a setting where I could ask questions yeah. and have things really yeah. explained to me. Yeah. And I, and I love doing that. And I know you do with, <laughs> with somebody else, probably sometimes more than they love it. <laughs> I may get a little, uh, you know, excited about wanting to explain something, but, um, but you're right. That that's how we, that's how we learn. And that's how we become able because others took the time to do it with us. You yeah. talk about your brother-in-law and yeah. you know, there's so many people I can point to in my life that have, that have taught me well, yeah. starting with my parents. Yeah.
No, and, and I think that's, I think, where it begins. Yeah. It, it, if you have children at home, uh, your children aren't looking for a Bible scholar. I mean, you, we should be. We should be striving to become scholars, yeah. but not so that we'll puff up. Right. But so that we'll share. Uh, we, you and I think we're talking about the Dead Sea last week and the importance of the reason it's dead mm-hmm. is because there's no outlet. Yeah. We need an outlet yeah. uh, from all this mm-hmm. information. I mean, I love to study. I love to read. I've always got at least one book, if not three books going. I just, I love studying. And uh, it, I think at times uh, it, c- it could even be an idol. I remember Tim Keller publicly saying one of his idols mm. was knowledge mm-hmm. sure <laughs> it will you know if, if that's an idol then that's become something you uh, need to work through so yeah. i think it's it's important i know we're going to take a break and we'll uh, maybe we can touch on some topics from yeah. this week that sure. have happened in our world sure. because no shortage it's been of a, that yeah no shortage of that so um, yep. anyway yep we are coming up on our first break here on swat radio we're really glad that you're with us Uh, If you want to give us a call while we're uh, talking about Acts or any of the other topics we get into, we'd love to hear from you. Our number here is 844-777-7928. And uh, as we said at the top of the program, we are on every day from 3 to 4, live most days, although occasionally Doug will uh, play a a best of SWAT, if you will, or a replay. Uh, And I know he typically has a guest on Thursdays. You can also check out SWATradio.com if you want more information about our weekly SWAT Bible studies. And you can also uh, use that site to listen to past programs. We'll be right back on SWAT Radio after this break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. 
The Florida Georgia Truth Network on the air in Fernandina Beach at 91.3. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you're with us. David Gray and Brad Sykes coming to you on Friday afternoon, the last day of March. It's uh, time flies as usual. And, oh, man, uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> <clears throat> I know you and Doug probably uh, talked about this week. In fact, I heard you a little bit talking about this, but I know it was a particularly painful week for you, and you had a connection to this yes. shooting that happened <clears throat> in Nashville. So I'm very sorry for well, you and for that family, especially that you know. Very, and I don't personally know them. Uh, <clears throat> this is my son's pastor, right? And uh, they, his his nine year old daughter was killed. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't. I was uh, somebody mentioned this morning, and I don't, I don't know about this. Um, this girl, because that's right. She's a girl. Yes, that killed these six people in Nashville. Um, am I understanding correctly? Was she getting, seeing a psychiatrist or a counselor? Somebody said this morning she was actually meeting with the pastor. Oh, I had not heard that. I don't know that. No, I don't know the answer to that. And I, I don't, I had not heard that. I haven't read anything the last day or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know the answer to that, but uh, boy, that would be well, that, well that, it was targeted. I yeah. mean, oh, uh, clearly, clearly this was planned. They said they found a manifesto and maps of the school. Now, and, what do you think about the fact that we haven't uh, seen this manifesto? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to it's, think. It's just. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, we should, that should be public. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a feeling there's a reason they're hiding this. Yeah. This was a hate crime. Yeah. I, it, and it. I don't know how you could argue. Yeah, Josh Hawley, that. the senator, has has made statements about that and called for, I think, whether it's Congress or, or law enforcement to investigate this as a hate crime. Absolutely. Against Christians, yeah. I, 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 I can't imagine those parents, you know, you talking about your grandchildren earlier, and, and I have two grandchildren, and I cannot imagine getting a phone call. You know, you send your kids off to school like any other day. In a, in a school that I'm sure the parents love for their kids to be in. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, I've been to that yeah. church. It's a beautiful place. And, and you and you get that phone call. Mm. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about, as especially on Thursday, as we went through, you know, we went through the we're up to on the in the SWAT studies, we began chapter 24 of Acts. But these past few chapters, and really all through Acts, but 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 certainly an emphasis in these last few chapters is the fury of the unbelieving Jews mm. against Paul yeah. and, and wanting <clears throat> to eliminate Paul. And this is kind of one of the things I, I was thinking about in answer to our questions today, what stands out, you know, the, the fury and the anger toward Paul and the believing of the lies yeah. about Paul. Yeah. And again, 
the the unregenerate world, the unregenerate people, Jesus said this, their father is the devil. And that's a harsh thing to say. And it's true of you and I, apart sure. from God's grace. Yes. So I'm not <clears throat> claiming any special treat. You know, mm -hmm. well, I did get special treatment, but having nothing to do with myself, having everything to do with God's mercy and grace. But but Satan is the the Bible calls him the father of lies, and and he and when he lies, he's speaking his native tongue. Mm -hmm. And in in Revelation, it talks about you know right at the time of the tribulation, it says. Satan will be loosed for a short That's hour, right. meaning a relatively short period of time. And it says he'll be loosed to deceive the nations. He is a deceiver. And all of you know, looking at all this with Paul, he's being accused. It's constant lies against him. And the, the Jews in this case, get the mobs to believe the lies. And now they're trying to get Rome to believe the lies. Mm -hmm. And and it really parallels what's going on in our culture today. Yeah. The lies that the world system, <laughs> apart from the reign of Christ, not believing in the reign of God and the reign of Christ, puts out there against Christians yeah. are believed by many, many, many people. Maybe the maybe maybe the majority of people in certain cases. But this you know, the Nashville shooting just emphasizes that again to me, that Christians put whatever word you want in front of phobe, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Christians are <coughs> accused of that. And for the most part, many, many in the world believe that about Christians or are starting to believe that more. Right. That Christians are the cause yeah. of these things when, in fact, we're, we're not the cause and we have the answer. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. And so in that sense, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah, that's like, right. Like Ecclesiastes mm -hmm. says, yep. but it but it takes <clears> different <throat> forms and shapes. But I just couldn't help but think about the parallel between the lies told about Paul when Paul was the one who had the truth and the answer of the gospel of mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And today, if we're behaving correctly as believers, we have the answer. You know, we yeah. we, we know the truth. <clears throat> and yet it's the opposite that's happening. Because the devil, and I talked about the fury of the Jews and, and the anger of the Jews wanting to get Paul, that fury, it comes from their father, yeah. the yeah. devil. Well, I think I appreciate you bringing that out that, you know, yes, it, we need the reminder that the devil comes to kill, steal, destroy, deceive, mm -hmm. you know, it, and yet we still are like, our minds are blown that this is being twisted right. in a deceptive way to make it about Christians right. or, you know, anything but this, the evil of this, this individual. Exactly. I wanted to read this. This was, uh, <clears throat> you know, my wife does a lot of writing and obviously things like this happen and they, <clears throat> you know, what do you do with it? I mean, sometimes we just talk about it, but, you know, even still, the, the gospel has to impact how we respond, right. how we, right. in fact, I'm in the middle of reading this book. I brought it with me today because there's a, some quotes in here I thought were really helpful. Now, I picked up this book about two, three weeks ago, uh, just bought it, thought that, that looks like a good book. I love Paul David Tripp. I like his mm -hmm. writing. And uh, 
anyway, uh, so the book's been sitting on our uh, coffee table for the last two weeks, and we started to read it on Friday of last week. And it's called Reactivity. Reactivity. And it's really specific how the gospel transforms our actions and reactions. And Paul David Tripp is really drilling in specifically in the world we're living in where we have social media. <clears throat> and it's just crazy. But I wanted to read this. This is what Vicki wrote. This was three days ago she wrote it. So it was the, the day after mm. the Nashville issue. It says, Confession. Yesterday, I was filled with rage, and so I committed not to write in response to all I was seeing because I knew if I did, it would be ugly, and we didn't need any more ugly. (laughs) But today, I intend to share. I ask that you read, and as you do, I pray that you will absorb my words, not for the purpose of gathering fuel so you can stoke the fires of tribalism and toxic anger, but instead as an entry point to self-examination. America has a problem. We are an angry, violent land. Yesterday, as I watched the events unfolding at Covenant Presbyterian Church and school, my heart shattered. I will confess that I have felt this pain and anger before, but yesterday it did hit differently. Because yesterday it happened on what I would consider my turf, a church and Christian school. I want to confess that it hit harder because I think there's something freeing about admitting our own self-centered ways of seeing. No false fronts, honesty. And so today, that is what I'm asking of each of you as well. Honest self-examination. Yesterday, I was angry. Were you? Angry at the shooter? Angry at the coverage? Angry at the talking heads? Angry that so few people on social media seemed to notice what was happening. Angry at the president and his uh, cavalier comments about ice cream before stopping to mention the dead children. Angry. Friends, we live in a world where our anger is a profit center. Our tribalism pays dividends. All you had to do was watch the varying news channels yesterday, and it was oh so clear. Left-leaning media pushed gun control and seemed to all but... Ignore how hate for Christians may have played a role, except in ways that laid blame at the feet of Christians. Mm -hmm. Right-leaning media slammed any mention of gun control and pushed the transgender identity of the shooter. So, in the midst of immense tragedy, instead of rallying together, we dug our trenches even deeper. That is not helpful. Digging your trench may make you feel right. It may give you a false sense of control at a time when control has been lost. But I, but <clears throat> it fixes nothing. Those trenches just fracture us more. If you sincerely desire to see our society become whole again, I would submit to you that it doesn't begin with gun control or legislating pu- puberty blockers. It begins with you, you and me, us, being reasonable, being listeners, being willing to admit when we are wrong, being slow to speak, being quick to hear, being slow to anger, being grown-ups who care about our children, all of them, being selfless, not selfish. And we must reject the voices who sow division and instead cooperate with and respect others even if we do not always agree. So what caused yesterday's tragedy? The sinful heart and twisted mind of an angry person. We do not need to complicate it. We do, not need to gr- we need to, we do need to grieve the loss of life. We need to grieve the loss of innocence for the children present 
we do need to link arms and say enough. We may not always agree on how to get there, but dear Lord, give us ears to hear each other. Give us hearts to receive. Give, give us your wisdom, Lord. Please heal our land. And today, may he use you as an instrument to begin that process. Wow. Amen. Boy, that's really good. That's really good. Thank you for reading that. And uh, especially what she wrote about, I always have that thought. Sometimes I want to be right more than I want to be loving yeah. and kind and, and to your point, to Vicky's yeah. point, reasonable. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we will continue our conversation here. We're going to get into the text and acts when we come back from break on SWAT Radio. Come back after the news. I had never heard that before. I had heard God loves you. Jesus loves you. I'd never heard that first person, God, to me. I love you, Elisa. Have you ever heard that? God's love is a gift to you personally. Elisa Morgan explains this truth and how it can transform your life on today's episode of Focus on the Family Minute. God loves the broken. He loves broken people. He loves broken families. And he loves us too much to leave us the way we are, but he's reshaping and redeeming and reforming us until we already are in Jesus. And that's a process. And we get to participate with him every day because he loves us. I love you, he says. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Hear more about God's love from Elisa at FamilyMinute.org. Expect some delays because of a crash on the East Beltway, 295 southbound at Bay Meadows Road. Also, there's another accident on the East Beltway, 295 southbound at the ramp to Butler Boulevard. And there's a crash on I-95 southbound at Emerson Street. Partly cloudy tonight, low 66. Saturday will start the weekend mostly sunny, high 89. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, happy that you're joining us here on Friday afternoon as we end the week on SWAT Radio. And we, uh, Brad, you just read before the break that uh, those thoughts that Vicki wrote. And thank you, Vicki, for writing. Well, I just got a couple of texts, so you can follow her on Facebook or Instagram if you're on there. I mean, she believes, and I'm not a big social media person. I mean, I'm on there. Uh, I think it's really... I think between smartphones and social media, they have absolutely created this um, black hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that that was their intention, but of course, right? Uh, you know, but I do think we can use it um, yeah. for good. Yeah, and so no, that's there, what she that's, chooses. That's to one do. of the good things is right there what she wrote. But you're right. I, I, uh, I belong to some next door thing. You know. Oh yeah. And and the only reason I'm on there is because our cat has been lost a couple of times. 
times that I had to post. I stole it. No, the, yeah, exactly. Now the last time he was stuck on our neighbor's roof. I think I talked about. Oh, that really? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but but every once you know, in my email, I get I get the headlines or the headings of of new posts, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff is just the vitriol is unbelievable. And, and again. I'm capable of being as angry and as irrational as the next person, yeah. believe me. But, um, you know, this is one of the ways that, that hopefully God changes us as we as he makes us more like Jesus. But but you're right. The, this, all the social media that was at least publicly intended to be a good thing, so much of it has been used for for things that oh, aren't so good. Absolutely. So, in fact, I... I I, I just said I don't post very often, but I <clears throat> I had to forward. I did forward Vicky's post um, yesterday, and um, and then I, I came across this other thing. I thought it was really really good, and I'll see if I can find it. But it, it just speaking to the idea that we are so quick. We we you know we we've got a comment about everything, and uh, I don't know if I can find it. It yeah. doesn't matter, yeah. but it. You know, I think it, it it's very important, and you know, I think this book that I'm reading is by Paul Tripp called Reactivity has been very helpful for me because full confession, I can tend to react, mm. um, and I'm reminded of the scripture that says, "Take every thought captive and make it obey." Mm. <laughs> Take every thought captive and make it obey. And th- the idea is that listen, I. We all experience things, whether it's on the freeway and somebody cuts you off or somebody says something to you. Our, what is our? We immediately re- react, and as opposed to reacting with words back at somebody, what if our reaction was just prayer? Hmm. You know, make those thoughts come in line right. with God's right. will, right. God's purposes, right. God's plan. You mentioned commenting on social media. Just, I think one of the things that's happened. This is just my musings, right? Mm-hmm. My, my opinion. But I started noticing this years ago, when there would be space to comment online on newspaper articles, and people would leave comments. and 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 I thought it's just so much easier for people to leave obnox, obnoxious and arrogant yep. and hurtful <clears throat> comments. Yep when they don't have to put a face or a name with it. You're and absolutely I, and, and right. And I think part of what's happened is people have become so used to commenting that way and saying those types of things online in any type of social media or any place where you can comment that that anger and vitriol and, and, and all of that, I think, is starting to spill over into into the way we live in the world, right? In people's quote unquote real lives, right? You're starting to see much more anger and and things being said face to face that maybe never would have been in the past. Oh, and right? I think, I think it's a result in, in part at least to people just getting used to this, this environment of anger and rage and, mm-hmm. and being able to just say whatever you want. Yeah. Well, I found what I wanted to it, it basically it says when to keep your mouth shut it says don't open your mouth in the heat of anger proverbs 14 17 mm-hmm. when you don't have all the facts proverbs 18 13 
when you haven't verified the story, Deuteronomy 17, 6. How about that one? I mean, that's, boy, we, we go off and really don't have the facts. Yeah. We don't, we haven't verified the story. If your words will offend a weaker brother, 1 Corinthians 8, 11. How about if your words will be a poor reflection of the Lord or your friends and family? Wow. Yeah. How about when you're tempted to joke about sin? Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's a whole list Boy, here. that all falls under, though, be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, there's does. literally a list of 20 of these. And uh, anyway, Proverbs 21, 23 says, Whosoever keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul mm. from trouble. Man, I am guilty yeah, because too. I am very, you know, weeks like this where you feel like we're under attack as Christians. And boy, I want to respond. Yeah, sure. And this text we're looking at today, and as we've been looking a lot at Paul, Paul doesn't do that. Yeah. And he uh, did it once with the high priest, and then he immediately repented. Exactly. Yeah. It, well, and thanks for bringing that yeah, up because yeah. it, the reality is Paul's human. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, but he's quick yeah. to repent. That's right. So. Well, let me read the passage because it is a long one and we want to have time. Uh, I, I'll call it the Craig Henderson rule because I asked <laughs> Craig to read a passage once with about 20 seconds left in the segment. So uh, this is Acts 23 verses 12 through 35. When it was day, the Jews made a plot and bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who made the conspiracy. They went to the chief priests and elders and said, We have strictly bound ourselves by an oath to taste no food till we have killed Paul. Now therefore you, along with the council, give notice to the tribune to bring him down to you as though you were going to determine his case more exactly, and we are ready to kill him before he comes near. Now the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush, so he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the tribune for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the tribune and said, Paul, the prisoner, called me and asked me to bring this young man to you as he has something to say to you. The tribune took him by the hand and going aside, he asked him privately, what is it that you have to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire somewhat more closely about him. But do not be persuaded by them for more than 40 of their men are lying in ambush for him who have bound themselves by an oath, neither to eat nor drink till they have killed him, and now they are ready, waiting for your consent. So the tribune dismissed the young man, charging him, tell no one that you have informed me of these things. Then he called two of the centurions and said, get ready 200 soldiers with, the 70, with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen and go as far as Caesarea at the third hour of the night. Also provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring him safely to Felix, the governor. And he wrote a letter to this effect. Claudius Lysias, to his excellency, the governor Felix, greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them when I came upon them with the soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman citizen. And desiring to know the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council. I found that he was being accused about questions of their law, but charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. And when it was disclosed to me that there would be a plot against this man, I sent him to you at once, ordering his accusers also to state before you what they have against him. 
So the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. And on the next day, they returned to the barracks, letting the horsemen go on with him. When they had come to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they presented Paul also before him. On reading the letter, he asked what province he was from. And when he learned that he, Paul, was from Cilicia, he said, I will give you a hearing when your accusers arrive. And he commanded him to be guarded in Herod's praetorium. May God bless the reading of his word. (laughs) Well, so the things that you and I do, again, duplication. Discipleship is about making it duplicatable. Um, Listen, I have tried to disciple in ways that just normal people wouldn't be able to. And I say normal just in the sense that maybe they weren't as mature in the knowledge of God's word but we can make this pretty simple. And so, you know, I know we're going to take a break and we'll take the last segment really to just to kind of walk through this or, or talk about the, the three things that we always talk about. Number one, what is it? What kind of comes out at you? What stands out to you in this particular passage? Mm. It may be different for you than it is for me. W- what does it say about God mm. and, or and or man? And then finally, what are you going to do with this? You know, and then of course, one of the things I always say is, who are you going to tell this story yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. Well, we are the hour as usual is three quarters gone in a flash, uh, but we are going to come back for one more segment. Like Brad said, give us a call at eight four four seven 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 nine two eight if you'd like, and uh, we will be right back after the break on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. 91 FM, the truth. In the home of the wise are stores of choice food, but the fool devours everything he has. Lonnie Berger, author of Every Man a Warrior. During my career, I taught couples on biblical financial planning when God showed me this verse. One time, God brought me three different couples who said exactly the same words. We just don't make enough money. One couple were newlyweds making 45,000, another was making 80,000, and the third was making over 200,000. Yet, they were all in the same place, deeply in debt and facing foreclosure. None of these couples had a budget or a plan for their spending. Proverbs 21:20 says, the fool devours everything he has. Making more money does not guarantee financial success. You must have a plan that helps you direct your spending. To learn more, text the letters TWR to 77222. 
is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. The one religion failed for the good Lord. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, and we are looking at Acts chapter. 23 verses 12 to 35. I just read that before the break. Always would encourage you to go back and, and read these things for yourselves and check to see if what we're saying is right. <laughs> yep. Like the Bereans did earlier in Acts, but also just for your own personal, you know, study. I, it, it, we've been saying this. It's just so important for us to be individually in the word as well. And, uh, and God be amazed at, I, I read things that I've maybe have read a bunch of times and I see something different you know, almost every time I read the same passage. You know? Well, I mean, you you would be a little concerned if your grandchild or your children were 14 and you still needed to feed them. Yeah. It's yeah. same thing spiritually. Yeah. We need to be in the word alone. We right. need to be in the word together, right. yep. uh, corporately, yep. together and individually. And knowing that God desires to have that time alone oh, with us yeah. more than we would ever know. Yes. Yeah. So where's your secret closet? Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we want to get into these questions that we were talking about before the break and Brad, I kind of, on what stands out, I kind of uh, talked earlier about one of the things that really stood out to me, but the level of anger and fury of the Jews in plotting to kill Paul and how, I didn't say this earlier, but how much it reminded me of when they wanted to kill Jesus, mm-hmm. a very, very, very similar, but I know you had a, a thought on this well, well i mean there's obviously that's a that's a lot of uh, verses to to cover and, and doug did a good job you did a good job reading it and i agree i mean the anger that you see very similar to what jesus experienced mm-hmm. as well um you know i think for me i i i <laughs> you just said a minute ago on the break you, you there's three or four things that really mm-hmm. do kind of stand out there but overall i think for me uh this idea that it, it's like there's a plot to kill the, this this plot to kill paul became a path to king herod's palace yeah. you know it's like <laughs> yeah. only god yeah. does that yep. you know because man they were plotting to kill him right but god had another plan and that was a path to the to to felix yep. and ultimately stays in Herod's palace. Yeah, I mean, pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, not only are there 470 people chauffeuring him there, um, but look where he, look where he ends up staying. Yeah. yeah. And I think that one other thing that just kind of stood out is, is that he ordered his accusers to also stand before Felix. And of course that's an important fact. And I think you, when Whenever you're accused of something, I don't know if you've ever been accused of something that was maybe false. Don't you want to defend yourself? Sure. You know? Sure. And I think about the fact that, you know, it's maybe good to to uh, call your accusers and yeah. engage them. Yep. And so. Well, you said at the beginning of the program, Doug's two main points on this were God showing his providence in carrying out his plans and God showing his care. Yes. For his people and carrying out his plans. And you just showed a great example of that. God's providence in, and we were talking about Paul's nephew in the break. You know, that's another thing that stands out to me. 
Where did the nephew come from? Why was he there? How did he hear How this? did he overhear this? How did he get into the barracks? Yeah, there, there's. We, we were saying there's no other mention of Paul's family really in Scripture, right, and right. so how did this all come about? So to your point, God's providence in in the nephew being in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. God's providence in using Rome again yeah, yeah. to save Paul physically. You know, yeah. we know God, the soldiers, care, right? And, yeah, using the Rome Tribune. and then using Rome to give him quote unquote a fair hearing, if you will. But also then his care in that he winds up in Herod's palace, <laughs> yeah. right? So both there probably wasn't a bad room in Herod's palace. Probably but, not. Yeah. And we saw the, that's another great memory I have from Israel is seeing the tiles of Herod's swimming pools right on the ocean there mm-hmm. are still visible, mm-hmm. are still there in the ruins. And so, uh, you know, and the fact that it seems like Paul was treated pretty well, obviously the Romans were, he, you know, he hadn't been condemned or anything like that. So they were letting visitors come in and friends come in. And especially we'll see that later and take care of his needs. And I think that continued somewhat in Rome as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we see really those elements of God's providence and, and, and God's care in, in what stands out about what's happened to Paul here in this chapter. So how about the next question about what does it teach us about God and or, and or people? Well, I think to, kind of pick up on doug's theme not only this week but the week before is that god cares god god cares and it is demonstrated in his protection of paul but really his protection of us you know i mean and that's not i think when when we understand the sovereignty of god that god has uh i I have this saying Every every morning, I always I like to affirm uh, fruits of the spirit in my life. It sounds a little weird, but I, one of the things I say is I I am committed to being a man of patience today. As I live, knowing and believing that God is sovereign over all things, and He's working out His purposes and His plan for my life. Now, I say that as a reminder. Mm-hmm that may God's will be done, not mine, because God knows what's best for me. I don't know what's best for me. I think I do a right. lot of times. Right. And when it's not going my the best, I would like it to go. How am I responding? And, and you know, I think seeing it in Scripture, but even seeing it in our own lives, as we I talked with Doug this week, as we look in the rearview mirror of our life, you see these valleys that we've been through. And we know that God carries us through those valleys and the mountain peaks. It's not, it's not, he's not just there in the valleys. He's there at the mountaintops too. Yeah. Um, maybe to keep us humble. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Well, we t- I talked about this earlier. It's a little bit of a continuation of that, but that, you know, that unregenerate people are controlled by the world system. Great they, point. Are, they, they are controlled by their father, if you will, the devil. Now I said this to you during the break, this is not to, advocate a, a devil made me do it philosophy because mm-hmm. people on their own are, are apart from God's regeneration and you and I were in the same boat. Paul said such were yep. some of you. Absolutely. And and we know that that we were like that but that unless God regenerates the heart we are opposed to God. We are God's enemy. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that he saved us despite that's how great his love is despite yep. us being his enemy. Um 
and that regenerate people while still having moments of being susceptible to being influenced by the world. We know we still sin and we're still Mm -hmm. weak. Ultimately, we're controlled by God and we're controlled by the Spirit. Um, and, and, And so the world believes the lies and believes that it can thwart (laughs) Mm -hmm. the plans of God or that it is greater than God. But we learn here as in so many places, like you just said, God is sovereign over all things and his plans will never be thwarted. His plans will never be changed and that he uses and cares for his people to carry out his plans. Not only his big story plan, (laughs) but the stories of our lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, it reminds me of I, I do this with a couple of my grandsons is I'll bear hug them. I'll just I'll hug them so tightly, not <clears> squeezing <throat> them. But, you know, there's there's plenty of room for them to wiggle <laughs> a little bit. But they do come to the realization at some point they're not stronger than me. <laughs> I'm going to have my way yeah. with them. And it's it's funny because when they start to r- r- recognize that I'm stronger they start to get the benefits of that right. relationship, right. you know, whether it's right. a scratch on the yeah, back or a scratch analogy. on the head yeah, and, and or some boy, money or some money <laughs> yeah. uh, or some candy or food or something. But for me, that's, I'm the fighter. I'm wrestling with yeah. God a lot of times. Yeah. And, and this is a good reminder yeah. that, yeah, you're exactly right. Speaking of the enemy that, uh, you know, I always say, I can't remember who, whose quote it is and I'll, butcher it i'm sure but it's something to the effect that uh the devil's god is god Mm. i mean god rules over the devil as well right so you know i know this is a very troubling issue that we've had to deal with throughout our lifetime and throughout history where we see evil just pure evil take place and people say why would God allow that? Mm. If God is sovereign, if God is ruling, why would he allow such evil? Yeah. You know, and yep. it's a great question. It is. It mm. is. And and God allows it <clears throat> and he and he it is sovereign over it though. But we mm-hmm. know like we know from Job that the devil had to go to God. Yeah. In order to do what he did with Job. You know, he God had to allow it, but that's a that, that those are questions for our next program. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the next twelve programs. Yeah, exactly. So, what's uh, our last question? How are we gonna? What are we gonna take away from this, and and how are we gonna be different? From uh, I think you said a lot of it right there. You know, tr- trusting God, submitting yeah. to God, not not fighting. Yeah. But but trusting that He's sovereign, His way is best even if it doesn't seem that way to us. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I know uh, lots of verses that come to mind, um, you know, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with mm. good. Romans 12, 21, Romans 8, 28, obviously a, a great verse. Many of us love and, you know, that, uh, that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But being reminded that his purpose is that, I, you and I, verse 29, would be transformed into the image of Christ. Right. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be transformed into the image of Christ, I'm going to encounter some troubling times, sure. some, some difficult yeah. times. Yep. And that suffering is part of God's plan. Yeah. Yeah.
And again, we don't always understand that. I don't understand it all the time, but we know it's true. Yeah. Because he says it's true that suffering produces the refining of our faith, which yeah. is more precious yeah. than gold. So, so I, I pray that we would just experience God's peace, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Yeah. It's funny that you said that I had one of the ways we can live differently is ask him to take away our anxiety. Sure. Knowing that he's in control. So. Anyway, thank you for listening. We're at the end of our program. Thank you, and we're at the end of our week here on SWAT Radio. Thank you for listening. Brad and Doug, I think we'll be back on Monday, Lord willing. And uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.